0: This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP.
1: Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Interesting. Jack Fritz and I have just been walking around the studio just going up to people going like,
0: Hi Hopes? Listen, we... Hi Hopes? We get very excited. Hi Hopes? To do the high host podcast, it's it our is, favorite thing. It is what I think about during the week, it is what I think about when I go to bed. When I think, hey, it's almost Thursday, it's only because I'm thinking about the high host. I'm podcast.
1: the same way. I basically just mail in my show on Thursdays just to get to two o'clock. Well, I mail X. in
0: every show knowing that the faster I mail it in, the quicker I can get the Thursday. I think you're too busy
1: watching Bryce Harper highlights to mail in the show. Is so, the thing. so, so, funny story.
0: <laughs> so, my viewing this week has been, well, I finished the NOLA start in Boston, of course. Beautiful. Um, and then, I mean, I,
1: once you start, you can't stop. And then, and, yes. so,
0: um, this week I was watching a a Royals-Mariners game from
1: April. I can confirm because I actually got a text from Jack saying, I'm watching Royals-Mariners from April, and I'll allow you to say what you said to me with your thoughts from the game, but that was the opening of the text. Like, yes. The, the, and these are the texts I get from you. Like, this is a very... It was not a surprising tag because, again, I'm watching Royals Mariners. Good. I
0: I hope that I am there to always be consistent. Um, Listen.
1: We're going to love Gene Segura. We're going
0: to love Gene Segura. The guy puts the ball in play whenever he wants. He's great. He is down. He is training with Mike Alfranco right now. He's watching an Instagram Live. Um, Is that
1: uncomfortable? I
0: hope that Mike Alfranco is getting used to San Diego. um, (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere but here. But I will say, I will say, I will say. For as anti-Franco as I am, mm-hmm. he is int- he has instituted a leg kick, he is more <laughs> closed off, and the ball is flying this, off his bat. This
1: this sounds, this sounds familiar. I feel like Franco? I've heard this before. I, I can't place it. Closed
0: stance Franco was one of the guiding principles of the High Hopes podcast. <laughs> yes. And yes. then, when I watched him in the season and he went back to being wide open... It was no longer a guiding principle. This one is a check
1: in the seltzer win column, is what we'll call it.
0: Okay, okay. So, but you had more thoughts on the Royals
1: end of things as well.
0: Mike Moustakis is good, and he's like, like, I just, I don't understand. There's this growing faction that like going from Mike Alfranco to Mike Moustakis would be a lateral move, and I just don't think that's just not true. Like, sure, if you look at the the whole end of season numbers. Like, Michael Franco batted 19 points higher or whatever. Like, those were the most hollow numbers since Jalil Okafor's rookie year. Yes. Like, if you want to talk about fake news... And like fake news <laughs> being running rampant throughout the country, I would say that you start with Michael Franco leading the Phillies in batting average last year. Like that's just where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm starting at. There's no way that happened. That didn't actually happen. No, so, it did. Um, it's not real. So like Mike Mustakas. This is music
1: to my ears, by the way.
0: Last year, Franco had a .2 WAR, which is
1: horrible. Not good. Horrible. It's a ba- k barely above replacement player level. He was yes. basically benched
0: twice. I mean, remember JP Crawford course, yeah. was in and then if Crawford didn't get hurt. So Crawford, who knows? so Crawford gets hurt. Franco comes in and he goes on that six week tear where it's like, wow, Michael Franco might be a guy. And he's batting like three thirty during that run. It was ridiculous. It was, mm-hmm. it, was it was ridiculous. He's pl- he looked like a, a legitimate piece. And then at the end of the season, he's back down to, to like his his final month, he batted two thirty two with like a two eighty OBP. He pick. was the
1: Michael Franco we know and don't love.
0: Right. So and like here's the thing is that Mike Alfranco. The thing that has crushed Mike Alfranco in the past is that he he hits the ball on the ground and can't put the ball in the air, and that's the reason why he has. And he's not
1: left. fast enough to beat out any ground ball.
0: Right. Um. Although he did get a stolen base off of Thor last year, which, which was, was unru- funny. I mean, that was the funniest day of baseball I can ever. Rem- I, remember. Like I remember in a while. Yeah. Like they, they stole six bases off of Thor, which is
1: his problem, obviously. But yes,
0: it was funny that they exploited it. Um.
1: Which is smart. Why I don't know why more teams don't exploit it every time they play.
0: Him, right. But anyway. So. Moustakis is a guy that will will lift the ball, and and if he's coming here, it it's in, in the this park. park, baby. Like he's played this. He hit 38 home in runs in Kauffman
1: years ago. Stadium. I don't know. A lot of people probably don't know park factors and all that. Kansas City, one of the toughest places to hit in all of baseball, is an extreme pitcher's park.
0: And he, two years ago, he's he's a year removed from the 38 home run season, mm-hmm. playing a majority of that at Kauffman Stadium. Last year, he hit, I think, 28 homers. And traded to the Brewers partway through the season. And it's I'm not like thinking. Milwaukee is some kind of, of hitter's haven.
1: No, it's a, it's a better hitter's park than Kansas it City, is. for sure. I mean, but
0: Kansas City is... It's nightmare.
1: unbelievable. The fact that he had 38 homers in Kansas City is a really impressive number.
0: Now, is and he, he had a higher walk percentage. Like, he... Mike Mike Moustakas last year. He's just a
1: better baseball player he's a, than Michael Franco. He was a
0: two and a half war player. Yep. Whereas Michael Franco is a point two. So for everyone that's And like, even
1: if you have issues with war, which I do too, I think we all do in certain cases and whatnot, but pitching war definitely. Pitch, pitching war definitely. It's really the defensive stats that I have yeah, issues with with sure. war. But I mean that is a a seriously significant difference. So
0: if you're if you're just looking like on the surface level, sure, Michael Franco and Mike Moustakas look the same. But they're not. They are not the same. Mike Mustakis is a is a way better player. You can actually rely on him a little bit, unlike Mike Alfranco. Like he sure he might have that six week stretch where he's great, but ultimately he's gonna gonna go back in the tank. I get that he's gonna be 26 this year. I just I don't think I don't think you can go into next year trying to make a run, trying to compete. You add in Bryce Harper, and I don't think you can trust a black hole like Mike Alfranco being in your lineup, and to go get a Mike Moustakis... It's it's a definite upgrade. It's only going to be a year or two contract, and then you can bring in Alec Boehm. And if even if you sign Mike Moustakas to a two year contract, that doesn't take you out of the Arenado sweepstakes or the Rendon sweepstakes. Like you can move Mike Mustakis if you have to.
1: Absolutely, like, it's
0: a it's a he's a he's a very stopgap, very fine stopgap that's probably going to hit thirty home runs here. It's
1: it's I would say it's a really nice stopgap for that type of thing you're looking for. I think he's a perfect fit for a year or two. Alec Baum, by the way, up to what, 65th best prospect in all baseball or yeah, baseball honestly, America.
0: honestly, that's too too
1: too low. It's too low. I'm I'm Pe- very excited about Alec Bohm.
0: People are really, really discounting Alec Bohm. like, and everyone's freaking out that he didn't have a home run last year. It's like the guy was injured. Like yeah. we just give it a rest. The guy for I was throughout his college career was a guy who didn't strike out and had legitimate pop. Was it like Chris Bryant level pop? No. He was not hitting thirty four home runs in college and being ridiculous. But the power is going to be it's, there it's it's real and he's just he's just getting better like f- relax with Alec bone he is going to be a, a very good
1: player i uh, like 100 almost br- that star. 100% that agree close. with you and it, look and and the 65th prospect in baseball according to baseball america is nothing to sneeze at i mean that is a legitimate he's a legitimate legitimate prospect in their eyes i mean that it, is to, you know it's a legitimate spot the top anyone on the top 100 is an impressive number you know so um all right Let's get to it. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. Shout out to Roy Holiday, Hall of Famer Roy Holiday. We'll get into that later. But um, let's get real quick. Obviously, nothing has really changed in the last week since we talked. Well, I mean, today. Well, except that's what you have. That's where I'm going. You threw me off for a second there. I'm like, wait. I'm like, what? Except today. A.J. Pollock. The Dodgers. I think a nice contract for what it's worth for them. Four years, $50 It's the right type of number for him. I, th- I thought he would get more. Um, I think we can officially cross the Dodgers off the Bryce Harper suitor list.
0: Now, that might not stop Dodgers fans from thinking that. But, yeah, I would say that the Dodgers are out.
1: And they're out. Uh, which means, and we've talked about how the Nationals are a paper tiger, Bryce Harper's going to be a Philly. Yeah, As we said on this show, it's just like, <laughs> let's go. So what are your thoughts on why Bryce Harper is not a Philly yet? I have some thoughts, too. Listen,
0: Bryce, this is from me to you, and maybe Scott Boras. Because I'm sure that all two, both of you are listening to the podcast. I think, it, podcast, ha- I think right?
1: it has to go through Scott Boras. Right, so. so-
0: Scott and Bryce, I know you listen to the podcast because you want to get the, the correct gauge on Phillies fans.
1: Which is the only place to come right. if they want right. that. Now now listen to me. This is very serious. Real quick, for, for those who can't <laughs> see, which is everybody listening to this, Jack is doing the thing where he's pointing to his eyes and he's like, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yes. very near. Yes, Yes.
0: Just sign, baby. <laughs> just sign.
1: Just do it. Just do it. Do it.
0: Just come on home. What are you waiting for, buddy? Like, you the, the Yankees are not going to get in for the Dodgers are out. The Cubs and their fraud ass Theo Epstein <laughs> operation out there can't afford to pay anyone because of how yes, the World Series because of how two years ago yes, because of yes. how bad of a GM that Theo Epstein is giving out contracts. They can no longer afford to play you with Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo because their fraud GM is yeah, bad. Well, they have to and, sign those guys. That's for sure.
1: So the Brizzo, as we like to call it, Brizzo. Just come on home. Like, come on I,
0: home, Bryce. Like, you don't have to keep on this like cute little waiting game. Like you can just say, "Hey, Philly, like I'm coming home. I want to be there." We can announce it next week. You can announce it on this podcast if you want to. Sure. I'm just oh, saying.
1: I, yeah, we'll do it. I had to think for a sec, but we'll we'll do it. We will take that. If I, if you want to announce it here, we're we're willing. I don't. I
0: being <laughs> real for a second. I don't know what you're. I don't know what
1: he's waiting for. Uh, so I have a guess, and it, it's a purely. Look, this is a 100% a guess, and it'll probably turn out to be true. I think they're waiting for after the Super Bowl. I think they're waiting for no football talk, no nothing. The Super Bowl's over. There's nothing but, you know, the the middle of basketball season. Hockey no one cares about. Sorry, Jackie Pucks. You um, know me. Um, I love my I think bucks. they're waiting for after the Super Bowl. They're going to allow that Monday to for people to react to the Super Bowl, and then I think it's in those next couple of days. I think they're waiting for the sports landscape, for ESPN, for everything, for only one thing to be there that matters, and it's Bryce Harper sign. Well, That's it, my guess, and I'm, I could be totally wrong. But at this point, we're trying to figure. Like, we're, as we're saying, it feels like it's a lock that he's coming here. W- w- to your point, like, why, why? Why not yet? I think there could be other reasons. Pure hypothetical guess, waiting for the landscape to be completely open and it to be the number one thing, and it'll be the number one thing anyway. But just nothing else to interfere.
0: Well, what if he did it this Saturday?
1: Well, I don't think they're going to. You think a Saturday? I think a weekday.
0: I think it's going to be on a Saturday.
1: Really. Why?
0: Just a gut. Ooh. All
1: right. I like saying, it.
0: I mean, well, if we're, I don't know. Just,
1: just a gut. So this and look again. If, if I think there's
0: it, nothing going on this weekend.
1: Well, that's my point. If you're gonna, I wouldn't. If if it gets to Monday, I'd be surprised if they do it during Super Bowl week. Is my point. I guess if they did it over the weekend, possible or tomorrow, possible. I mean, I wonder what. A many. lot of people talk about Pro Bowl. obviously. No. Yeah,
0: people yeah. love the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, I have a. I don't. I, I kind of agree with your theory. Maybe they're just waiting for the most pub possible.
1: That's the, And again, this is me trying to make sense of something that right now just doesn't make a ton of sense.
0: And like, what's going on with Machado? Is he just going to have to take the White Sox offer?
1: I think he might. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, look, if the Phillies don't want to sign both, which we're kind of leaning towards that right now, right? Yeah, That's yeah, our yeah. guess. So if they don't want to sign both, I don't know what option he has. Like, I think he's hoping that some mystery team's coming in. The issue for Machado, which I don't understand, is once the Phillies sign Harper, it's like Your leverage is gone, bro. Like, I don't get it. I'm, 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 I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. I don't know what he's, if I were him, I would say, screw it, I'm signing first. I'm not going to get what Harper's getting anyway. I'm just going to sign and get the most I can.
0: Now, what do you make of every beat writer, every, like, National guy going silent on the Harper Machado stuff.
1: I thought it was really – and you tweeted about this. I thought it was really fascinating that maybe it means it's coming to a head. Or
0: maybe they didn't Or want... it just
1: means there's nothing new to report. Like they just but have... they, were,
0: they were reporting nothing anyway.
1: Yeah, but there was at least the meeting got reported, the meetings coming up, the reaction to the meeting, this and that. Like There's no movement now. I mean, I, I'm, uh, for what it's worth, I'm surprised we haven't had a, a new mystery team report in yeah. here anywhere. Because at this point, like we've discussed, I don't know where else Boris and Lozano can go with this. I don't know what they can do to create more of a market than there has already been because the market has played out in a really damaging way for their cases.
0: Also, it is kind of fitting that all the stuff is coming out today, um, after the Hall of Fame stuff, so maybe they didn't want...
1: I think that's part of it, too. I mean, you saw, who was it? It was Jeff Pass, and I think reports couple days ago, or even yesterday, he's like, hey, get ready for a lot of re- relief pitchers to sign, like the blah, 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 whatever. Nailed it. I mean, we saw Brad Brock go today. We saw Hunter Strickland. I'm sure we're going to see others. Um, well,
0: I can tell you what, that uh, Bryce Harper's not going to Seattle to play with Hunter Strickland.
1: They he is not. do not like each other. He is not. No, they're not fans of each other. <laughs> I would no.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Buster I, Posey will sit this one out as well, yes. in case you're wondering. Yes.
0: I, I, I legitimately hate Buster Posey. I,
1: I hated him for that. I thought... And I didn't... But for that? I didn't blame him for that as much. I hate him for the the Cousins thing and the home plate change and all that stuff, but I... Uh, he I, has In that spot, I didn't blame him as much because I thought Hunter Strickland was a total asshole and deserved to kind of get his ass beat in that situation because I thought he was in the wrong, but still, even still, you're his catcher, like... Just do something to mollify the situation. Whatever you got to do, like you don't have to, like a hundred percent defend your guy, but you have to somewhat have his back.
0: He's he's not a baseball player. He's 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 a he's a beta
1: Hall I, of Famer. Bust. I can't right? it. he is.
0: He is. He has done more to hurt baseball than anyone than anyone involved in the sport with his stupid freaking. Wow. B- I hate the Buster Posey rule. Wow. It's the worst. Rule. It's the worst rule in sports. I he, hate the rule. He, I
1: agree with you. I think it's a dumb, stupid rule that was reactionary. And wasn't thought out. was like, oh, the best player on the World Series champs got hurt. Oh! I think that was it. It was terrible.
0: So my thoughts on the Harper thing and why he hasn't signed yet is I kind of get the feeling that the Phillies, maybe Boris needs them to make another move to help out one of his clients while Harper's still out there. Like Pollock signs today, and I thought Pollock was going to get hurt by – by by Harper not signing yet, but it turns out he didn't really get hurt. Like he just signed first.
1: No, he still signed for less than he wanted. He there were reports yeah. he was looking for four for sixty ends at four for fifty. I think a bit of a discount off what you would expect, but I, I don't think he had a choice. I think there are certain players who are like, all right, I can't wait anymore. I, I gotta I gotta sign somewhere. Yeah, right? so I'm
0: wondering if Boris is kind of strong arm in the Phillies that way, and maybe maybe that's why the Mustaka stuff came out, and he was like, he was like, hey. Sign my guy, and I'll, yeah. and I'll bring you Bryce. I'll make just make sure my guy is signed, and then I'll deliver you Bryce. Or maybe there's a, a guy on the team, like a like a Nick Williams, who's a Boris client.
1: Ah, I didn't realize Nick Williams is a Boris guy. Nick That's Bo- interesting. So maybe get Nick Williams somewhere here where he's gonna play before we make this move, taking him out of the line.
0: And, and it would kill all his value, right?
1: That's the point. I'm saying, like, the, the Phillies, if you trade him before you sign Bryce Harper, and even then, like, we've talked a lot. I'm guessing teams in, around baseball, we might not know what's going on, but I think the vast majority of teams have a feel for what's going to happen. So I think the leverage maybe is still less than it would be. But, yeah, once they sign Bryce Harper, it's like, all right, he's a bench guy. Why would we give you something valuable for a bench guy? It takes some of that leverage
0: Yeah, and Boris doesn't want that to happen to one of his clients. He would Absolutely. He wants to see him play somewhere else. And uh, and get a contract but, and make
1: him more money, and, and of course.
0: And it's been reported that the Marlins have been interested in him, so maybe there's some kind of deal there to give him playing time. I don't know.
1: I saw – uh, I can't remember who it was put out to. It was Heyman or one of those guys where it's uh, – uh, Marlins were in on Nick Markakis – still looking to sign an outfielder or something and i i, I wanted to quote tweet and be like Bryce Harper to the Marlins confirmed and wow. i was like not worth it wow not worth it
0: Nick Markakis by the way uh very adorable signing by the Braves um a 35 year old i think it's a fine signing he batted 250 at the end of last year
1: yeah i know but what he no but he ended up at 313 Went up with or whatever yeah uh, yeah and look i i'm not a huge Nick Markakis guy but for 6 million dollars that's fine it's a fine—you can't rub this. It's $6 million. You 35, kidding me?
0: 35 years old. It's fine. Give me McCutcheon.
1: I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. I, obviously, as a player, I prefer McCutcheon. But four years, 50 for McCutcheon, one for six for Marquez. Because Marque is probably a better deal. He probably is. Did you see
0: the Braves, by the way? They're— they're uh, Over-under. <laughs> How is that? I was
1: really shocked by that. I mean, and the Mets at 84 and a half, I know they made improvements. I, I was shocked by that, too, but— the Braves being below the Phillies and the Mets and the National the Braves being the they won the division last year and they're young and growing. I was shocked. And they by have
0: it. Ronald Acuna. Yeah, it's like it's. They crazy. have
1: the next Trout if there is one, but, and I don't think there is. But Acuna is that guy.
0: But the pitching staff isn't that great, right?
1: And you assume Foltz, Newcomb, all these guys who took step forward last year are going to regress some. I mean, no, I
0: will say that it's probably going to be Mike Soroka's season.
1: I really, really, really like Mike Soroka. I thought he was a guy who, when I saw him pitch last year, I was so impressed with him. And, you know, obviously Young didn't get a ton of stars, a ton of opportunities, but I'm with you. I think Soroka's going to be... They got a lot of talent. It's Tucson. I mean, they got guys in their system who... Tukey. Gohara. I mean, they got a lot of young guys who who have talent. So, I think it's going to be interesting. It was interesting that the number was so low.
0: I will yeah. say this. The NL East is going to be the most fun. It's been... Maybe in my lifetime. It's the like, best
1: division in baseball. Like,
0: I can't remember a, a time in my life when there's four legitimately good teams. Yep. And when the Phillies add one of these guys, like... The, 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 the it, so let's say let's say Harper signs here. Obviously, he just shunned the Nationals, mm-hmm. so that's going to make that rivalry oh, even more it's great. C D P South. You've maybe. already
1: got the Braves Phillies thing from last year, which will carry over two young teams, the rebuilds kind of aligning, and then everyone hates the Mets, so
0: yeah. that works well too. But I, I I I love when the Mets are good. Oh, it's great because I the the Mets Mets Phillies is the best rivalry in the city. Like from a pure hatred standpoint. Like wow.
1: Well, you what, you think, I think all
0: the other I think all the other ones are just more made up like Eagles Cowboys Yeah like we got we got to hate the Cowboys like I uh, know what
1: you're saying I, there's more it's more a, a natural with the Phillies Mets cuz it is Philly New York and all that but Okay
0: w- whatever I'm just saying that like I know what you're saying I'm saying from I'm saying 07 to 09 Phillies Mets was the best there were, in my lifetime there's not been a better rivalry in this city Now you were around for the 90s Yeah
1: um You were like you were like what in college in the (laughs) nineties?
0: Is that is that right? High school. (laughs) You were in college. Is that your senior year? Nineties, early
1: nineties was fun. Um, All right. Yeah, but it was
0: fun for one year though. Yeah, it it was. It was just one year. Well, obviously the the NFC East in the NFC East in the nineties was was
1: legit. It legit. Look, it's I'd have to think about it. It's a fun one. It's a good question. I mean, Sixers, Celtics in the eighties. I wasn't alive for it, but that that's legit. I thought that
0: was like your high school days. Your your. Cute
1: over there. Thanks, buddy. All right, enough enough jokes about my age. I'm just saying that which the, is incredibly old. The yes. NL East. The NL East. People is listening going, think I'm like 50 I right know, now. Or I know. I'm the not. NL East
0: is going to be a lot of fun. Like I, I'm thoroughly in, uh, looking forward to. The fan bases are going to legitimately not like each other for the first oh, time in a while.
1: forever. I mean, look, well, I think also part of that comes from just like actually being able to care about a good Phillies team again. Because, yeah, when you're bad, you don't really care about the right. No matter who's good, you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. For us to be able to. And then to your point, these teams all getting better, all competitive. It's going to be a tough division. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a whole nother level to it, which is just, just <laughs> awesome. Suck it. Um. All right. Um, we'll get to the Hall of Fame in a little bit. Any other kind of rumblings or news that hit you this week? Uh, still a lot of names out there: Dallas Keuchel, those types of guys. Kimbrell is a name the Phillies have been locked into a lot. I think they're kind of just
0: waiting Like I think waiting everything on is, waiting on it is, is is waiting on everything else. I really I don't think they're going to make a move for a starter unless it's like a Keichel end of the end of February, early March. He's not signed anywhere, and he doesn't want to play for the Reds. Maybe they get him on like a cheaper contract, maybe that's like something they could do.
1: Which we would be fine with in that case.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Um so then you're heading into next season and you, you're the Phillies have to make sure like the, the one they have a bunch of guys, right? The Phillies have a bunch of guys with talent, but you're not one hundred percent sold on them being a part of the future. So like when you're looking at the staff next year, like you need you need a Nick Pavetta breakout season.
1: Which, by the way, quick tangent. Lot of Nick Pavetta breakout talk out there.
0: Listen, there's been a lot. Like, like it's every day there's a new Nick Pavetta yeah. breakout season. And hey, article.
1: hey, come on, all right, back up off our corner. All right, that's the Jack Fritz corner right there. I want Jack Fritz credited, I want the High Hopes podcast credited. Anyone talking about a Nick Pavetta pod, a breakout? Give us some credit. Say the name. Say the name. Say the name. It's not that hard. It's a great name. High hopes. I'm just
0: saying that after last year, after two years ago, when we had like a six plus ERA, mm-hmm. we came in the season. So Nick Pavetta is a guy. Yes. He's gonna be very good. Yes. And for the most of last season, he maybe looked smart on that. Yep. Tapered off there and a little bit in the middle. Got people off the scent. Guess who never stops tracking that? Never,
1: scent? never. So I'm just saying. I mean, some of the things you've said about Nick Pavetta are so absurd that I don't know how anyone could associate anything else with Nick Pavetta, but. Jack Fritz loving him.
0: Just saying, if you, if you, if there's Pavetta pieces out there, just make sure you're at the boy or at High Hopes. It's not that hard to do. Like Pavetta is
1: the guy. Like the MLB Network did when they used our podcast, they said High Hopes Pod. Yeah, not that that's
0: hard. All I'm asking for credit. And uh, so I was I was reading. So Stolz wrote a piece about High Hopes. About not about High Hopes. I John, if you want to write a piece, John, about you're high welcome hopes, to write a piece on High <laughs> I mean, you can do it. Uh, he wrote a piece on Pavetta. And great guy, love. And, and yes, and I was reading it and. I wasn't trying to, like, argue with John. I was just pointing out that – I was pointing out a difference in philosophy. So the one thing he labeled was that um, Nick Favetta's slider was going to be, like, a main – that's the third pitch he needs to hone in. And I just, like, pretty much disagree with that because there was a – there was, like, that weird – remember that weird, like, six weeks or I would say a month stretch last year where he just lost his curveball. Yeah, like it was absolutely. like a, it was like a stretch where he could not throw his curveball.
1: Yeah, sorry with that Mets game on, uh, or might not sorry, but it was in the middle of that the little league game.
0: Yes, and then started getting shelled.
1: Yeah, and it was Maybe it was, it was Washington- so disappointing.
0: Yeah, because he, he would go through four innings like the, I remember the Nationals game on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. He was dominating. Yes, and then he fell and apart. Then he lost it. Yep, I, I vividly. So what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that. The slider was only really used by Pavetta because he couldn't use his curveball I and mean, he couldn't find the grip on his curveball, so he had to use his slider, so he wasn't just getting shelled out there. And uh, Matt Winkleman wrote a piece about how um, he struggles with runners on base and like how everything skyrockets. Whereas, so like when 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 Pavetta and Nola are out of the windup together, their numbers are pretty much in line, mm-hmm. which is, makes me, which is really impressive, gives me butterflies. Yeah. And then when he when he goes to the stretch, stretch. Pavetta falls apart. Sure, and he definitely which falls. is a
1: thing that we've seen with pitchers in the past. They're I mean, it's it's a thing that happens. Right. So Pavetta,
0: when he when he goes to the stretch, kind of falls apart a little bit. He, I feel like when I watch Pavetta, he doesn't totally have a plan for for especially left-handed hitters. And when guys get on base, left-handed hitters especially. Like when I'm looking at it from that perspective, he needs to have something that goes away from left-handed hitters. And I just think that more than a Slider's slider is going to go in on him more than a slider where when i'm thinking tunneling perspective like it just doesn't look the same like when you we, from a tunneling perspective you want all of your pitches coming to out of look a, exactly the same to or as out. close
1: to his, as the release point the motion every, you want it to be as consistent as it can be
0: and when i watched pavetta slider, la, slider last year it wasn't that way like his curveball and fastball were two different looks but the changeup is something that you can learn to throw out of the same arm slot and looks natural, looks normal. You can throw a four seam changeup because he throws a four seam fastball, so it has the same kind of spin on it. Like, like, I would rather him perfect the changeup. I think a changeup is more important. It makes
1: more sense for his repertoire. It, it's more important to a
0: Nick Pavetta breakout than than honing in a slider that doesn't really help your attack against left hand hitters. Having a good changeup that he can put on the outside corner that guys can kind of they can, can kind of lean out in front of the plate and then he can. Backdoor at 96 right on their yeah. hands.
1: I mean, even if he throws it 15% of the time, 10% of the time, it can make a difference.
0: And what I'm saying is, I would also like like if you're gonna learn if you already have a good slider grip, just make it a cutter. Like if you want to have a cutter, that's perfectly fine from a tunneling perspective. I just think for Pavetta to reach his peak, I don't think a slider is the best plan for that. I think a changeup is the best plan because from a tunneling perspective, his slider didn't look as natural as I think a changeup would.
1: It's fascinating stuff, Jack. That was like I very rarely am am interested in what you're saying, but that was no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love what you say. I think uh, a lot about Nick. That was Lada. really interesting stuff, and and hopefully we can get Nick on this pod at some. It's point. our White Whale. Well. Yes, Nick, and then you could talk to Nick and be like Nick, Nick, listen. You could do the eye thing. Look at me. Look at me. Look at you. You got this.
0: Listen, we, uh, and if he wants to get really crazy, and if he wants to actually be a Cy Young candidate and strike out 300 guys a year. Learn a Which splitter. is so hard to do,
1: by the way. <laughs> Learn a you splitter. Many, real quick, you know how many Phillies pitchers have ever struck out 300
0: guys in a season? Schilling did it twice. Um, Carlton.
1: End of list. That's it? That's it. Only two pitchers in Phillies history to ever strike out 300 guys in a season. Okay. Regular so, season only, obviously.
0: Obviously, it's borderline impossible.
1: It's hard. Especially now with, with the way rotations of bullpens are. But 250, 260, whatever. I mean, just... look. I mean... 10 per 9 something like that. I mean, that's that's real deal stuff and I know at times he was hired now last year obviously. Yeah.
0: Listen, I, Pavetta all I forget who I forget who put it out this week. Um but he was like either Nick Pavetta is the biggest outlier we've ever seen or 2019 is going to be his breakout year. Yeah, well I look, think, I think that's the best way to put it's it. It's gr- well it's a
1: great point cuz when and they're not wrong. When you look at the history of guys who have struck out as many guys per 9 as he does and walked as few guys as he does per 9 like it usually leads to breakouts, to great pitching. I mean, that it's just the numbers bear it out. Yeah, I man. When you
0: when you strike out as many guys as he does and walk as little as he does, that usually lends itself to a breakout. Exactly. Now, I don't think you can. Ju- I don't think you can just look at the numbers and predict that because when you when you physically watch him, he doesn't have a good plan against left-handed hitters right yep. now. Like that's just the way it is. And I think if he learns either a splitter or a split changeup. They both come out of the same kind of arm slot and I think it kind of work it might even be a better feel for them than, a, than a, f- a circle change or whatever. And I, to- and
1: I and the thing I love about Bavetta, I love his mentality. I love he's a pitcher. He's a bulldog. You know, he goes out there and like you said, he needs to do better with the planning, but in terms yeah. of of going out there with the the fire that I want to see, I mean, he brings it.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say that he is a he, for most of his career so far, he's been a thrower. Rather than a pitcher, it's a great way to put it. So, uh, and like same thing with Velasquez. Even though there was a little bit of Velasquez, but the main point, the main point is that they better be right in how they're evaluating their guys. If you, like you need a Pavetta breakout year, uh, you need Arietta to not go through months where he's just terrible, um, and you better hope that one of Eflin or Velasquez can kind of replicate what they did for the first four months of last season, before the last two, was, which kind of just fell apart. Yep. Um, because if you're not going to sign anyone. Then you need that, and I and I understand what a lot of people have said, and I think this makes a lot of sense. Is um, like from whispers we've heard is that they're gonna wait till the deadline and then trade for a starter,
1: which so, makes a ton of sense. It really through, does. Go
0: through the first half, see what your guys have,
1: get better value on some of these guys who you know you're paying for a half a season less right. of them and all that type of stuff.
0: Now the danger is that if like Madison Bumgarner goes out and turns back into Madison Bumgarner, that you have to
1: pay more to get him and all that. And then also there is also a danger in the sense that. Right now, it does feel like that market is is very thin, whereas come that time, there's a chance, at least, that there are multiple suitors trying to bid against you for right. their services. Um, all right. Coming up in just a little bit, we got we to gotta find out about Jack's uh, confrontation, we'll say, with a, a Philadelphia sports not a media legend. We'll get into that. Okay. Uh, but Hall of Fame. Uh, obviously... Macro discussions about the Hall of Fame or something we can have, but let, let's first start with the fact that doc Roy Halliday, I know one of your all- time favorites one of the people you oh, like, Idolize for
0: anyone that was for anyone that was playing baseball during that time and especially pitching during that time, whether you were 12 or pitching in college like he was a guy that everyone looked up to, mm-hmm. like from the from the, the things, work
1: ethic perspective to the actual getting it on the field and what he did, to being an absolute to being just a great guy. Yeah, and a, and
0: a and a doctor on the mound.
1: Yep, and, and that, I mean that, that nickname for a reason, right? Yeah.
0: So um, I'm so happy, like I'm so happy he got in first ballot. He was arguably the best pitcher in the game for nine years.
1: Yes, and and what doesn't get talked about enough, the best pitcher in the game in one of the toughest divisions to ever pitch in when you had those Red Sox and Yankees teams. Of and the, the late the 90s, two thousand, And the Jays were terrible. And he's gone up against those teams, you know, I mean, playing both those teams 40 times a year for his team at least. So multiple, multiple starts against the best hitters in baseball year after year after year is really impressive.
0: Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad he got in. Obviously, like, it absolutely sucks he won't be there. Um, I, I kind of want to go. Like, I want to go well, see him. Well, from get what an I
1: heard, um, uh, Cooper Sound is pro- projecting their highest turnout ever. I'm really? sure Roy's a big part of that. Obviously, Mario Rivera a big part of that as well. Yankees fans going on. First stuff, but... uh, ever unanimous, uh, Mel Rivera. And look, he should be unanimous. So should have many other guys who are in the Hall of Fame. I, I think I'm happy to see one of the dumbest things in sports finally going away. The whole, well, Babe Ruth wasn't 100%, so I can't vote for him to be in a, It's so ass. and It made me so mad year after year. It was just a Are they a Hall of Famer? Are they a high-level Hall of Famer? Yeah. Vote him in the Hall of Fame, then. I, I mean, I, I I I hated it. I hated the hundred percent thing. So happy to see that barrier knocked down. I'm sure we'll see a lot more hundred percenters. Yeah. Derek Jeter next year could be another. Yeah, one.
0: I mean, I guess if you want to put in a guy that never won an MVP, unanimous. I, <laughs> I guess For you
1: one you can... I mean, Mo should be a hundred percent. He should. Yeah,
0: he's, the, he's the best. He's the best ever at what he did. So yeah, Mo should have been a Hall of Famer. Uh, unanimous. Um, doc- Very
1: happy to see Edgar Martinez get in as well. Yeah, it's, well it's, deserved. Last year best on the ballot, of
0: all time probably.
1: And I mean, for what it's worth, when you think about it, I was thinking about this the other day when he got in. I mean, probably a top ten pure hitter of my lifetime. I mean legitimately the bat, I mean, He had a career average of 315 933 OPS I mean he was a He was a, an amazing hitter An amazing I,
0: hitter I think he had a career average Against Doc Of like 542 I
1: mean, Think about that <laughs> Think about that. I mean that's insane And the fact that he played in Seattle The fact that he was a DH He just didn't have that same Sort of notoriety And it's a man who deserved To be in the Hall of Fame I mean We won't talk about What Harold Baines has done For the level of Hall of Famer But Taking that type of thing out I mean Edgar Martinez Better than a lot of people In the Hall of Fame already
0: yeah, I would agree. So he's in uh, Mussina. Like I get the Mussina case. Yeah, I it think just, he's all
1: vamer. It's just not. He's not a high level all vamer.
0: Listen, the guy was never. He's like the fourth best pitcher in, in baseball at his, at his peak. I would say.
1: Well, all right. So let me counter that with. Do you think Bobby Abreu should get in next no. year? Okay, good. So we're on the same page with that because Listen, a I'm, lot of the people who have similar outlooks on baseball that you and I do. You know, a, a statistically driven or interested in that type of stuff looking at all different types of things a lot of those people I'm assuming your your host at night probably one of those people the way he thinks about it who think Bobby Abreu is all famer and I know the numbers are there clearly you look at the numbers yeah. you compare them to other all-famers sure I'm sorry I watched Bobby Abreu who his whole career he was not a hall of famer at no point was he a top Ten, he never top finis- seven player like, in baseball. Never
0: he never finished top ten in MVP like, though.
1: There, there you go. I mean that that I'm sorry. Like that matters. It matters who you're playing at the same time with. Comparing him against those guys, I, man. I, I just think
0: I think I think the eye test is more important. In the I hall totally of
1: fame. agree with you. Like, I to- we get so wrapped up in the stats thing, especially with this sport compared to all others. I am so with you, Jack. I watched Bobby Abreu's whole career. He wasn't a Hall of Famer. He Bob, just he's wasn't. N- he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not! And people put people putting his numbers against Tony Gwynn. I saw that. And, and it's your buddy Ryan Spader. I really, mean, I love, I, I love Ryan. Yeah, he's great. I love his information. One of the best follows on Twitter, his Spader on Twitter. Like just a great follow. So much information, fascinating stuff. Dude, that's asinine. Like, I'm sorry, man. I was old enough to remember Tony Gwynn's peak. <laughs> Tony Gwynn was, that was during your college. A hundred times that yeah. <laughs> A hundred times later than Bobby Abreu was. He just was. No,
0: I know. And like everyone is getting a little bit too obsessed with the numbers. I agree. Like Stone Hall of Famers, like when I watched Doc Halliday for his peak, he was best pitcher in baseball. Yep. When I watched uh, Mariano Rivera, best, best closer I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Um, no, I mean, there's there's players at their peaks that are probably but
1: listen. My favorite Mariano Rivera stat. I is, love that you tweeted this out. This is a, like, this is one of the more unreal stats that you could ever hear. More people have walked on the moon than have scored on him in the postseason. He's pitched something like 140 something innings or something in the playoffs with 11 runs. It's unbelievable. 0. 0.7 ERA in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He's and a 0. 0.7 whip for what it's worth. Right. Just, he, just unbelievable.
0: He, he was when I watched him, he was a Hall of Famer. I got into baseball at the end of Edgar's career, but. Um, just from watching some Old stuff.
1: guy remembers Edgar. He was right. great.
0: And Mussina's kind of in the in the same thing. Like, I thought he was a fine pitcher, but, like, if he's a Hall of Famer, then Cliff Lee's a Hall of Famer.
1: See, I don't think... Th- that's one of those things where, and again... Or I, Johan Santana. I, now, see, and I agree with you. Like, their peaks were probably better, but that's where you do have to... And I am more of a peak guy than a longevity guy. I care more about how great were you for a certain period of time. That's one of those things where you do have to find... A way to make gradations one way or the other. And the fact that Musina pitched as long as he did, won 270 games, not that wins matter, but like the, the numbers. Well
0: he did in the AL East
1: Yeah. And that the numbers are there. It's impressive enough to me where he's a he's a borderline in for me. I would put him in, but it's like the, the lowest level of Hall of Famer. But I think he's Hall of Famer.
0: Yep. And I also think Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer.
1: Well, I think Kurt Schilling is a better Hall of Famer than Mike yes. Musina. Uh, Kurt Schilling should be in before Mike Musina, granted. Awful guy,
0: can't I, stand Curt. I talked to. I, th- I was asking Joe yesterday. Like, w- do they let him make a speech?
1: Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like, I, I. I mean, and look, and that's the that's the interesting thing about Schilling, and it's why I mean he's a Hall of Famer and is absurd, but he never cheated on baseball. Like he never did anything like that. It's just that he's like as big an ass as you could possibly yeah. be. And I was, listen, he's a bad dude. You he's know, the I'm, worst, but he's a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer.
0: Well, I mean, I, Ty Cobb's all of that.
1: Ty Cobb killed a guy. I, really? He killed a guy. I What are we doing here? Look, this is, the Hall of Fame is not a moral judgment. Oh, was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? No. Sorry. It's about what they did on the field. And Kurt Schilling is a stone-cold Hall of Famer, yep. in my mind. Yep. So, um, interesting next year, though, because Jeter, the only lock, and I think probably the only first-time Hall of Famer next year, it's Cliff Lee, it's Abreu, it's guys like that next year who I think are, are not. It's no. certainly not first ballot Hall of Famers, and I don't think Hall of Famers to begin with. Um, what do you think about, I think, the big three and Larry Walker's in a similar type of percentage? And I think Larry Walker, Larry Walker's a tough one for me. I think he's probably a Hall of Famer, but it's another thing with the Colorado part of it. It just, I never felt... Uh, he, uh,
0: I'm surprised that Griff's not getting more.
1: Yeah, well, there's similar types of... Uh, I mean, Walker is so tough to judge. I don't know what to do. I mean, his numbers are insane when you look at some of the seasons he had in Colorado. Yeah, and he did have a really nice career. I don't know if I put Larry Walker in. I Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, and they're different cases. Manny. And well, Manny's not getting in. I mean, it's just what it is. He's twenty two percent. It's a shame. I would put Manny in in a second, in a heartbeat. Manny Manny is a Hall of
0: Famer. I just don't understand how you can justify Bonds and Clemens and then not put him in.
1: Well, I mean,
0: neither failed it twice. Is that what people? Well, are they didn't out
1: get caught in baseball. I mean, neither failed a test in baseball. The Mitchell report for Clemens and and Bonds didn't get Balco, but he never got caught. When he was playing. Look. They all took steroids. That's my you look. Can, you can moral
0: judge it as much you look, as you I want. I agree
1: with you. That's my point. Is is either it's and and to make it even further, there are absolutely players in the Hall of Fame who took steroids. Rodriguez. Yeah, Paj Rodriguez. Absolutely. We don't know that for sure. We're pretty sure he took steroids. We don't know. Part of those Texas teams, the way he looked, the way he grew, you you think he did? Again, and people are going to put casting Ort- aspersions. People but, are going to put Ortiz in. Absolutely. And he actually kinda got caught. Like didn't, but kinda did You know, there were there were enough rumors out there. Point being that we don't know who did, who didn't. Barry Bond's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in my lifetime. Period end of story. Roger Clemens, top two or three pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime, maybe the best. Certainly the best numbers wise. Where they got to be involved. the Hall of Fame. It's silly. It's just, I, if I'm going to take my daughter, I, I used to always say my kid because I didn't have a kid, but now I have a kid. I get if I'm going to take Zoe Rose Seltzer to the Hall of Fame to Cooperstown, like my dad did when I was a kid, and it was the best time, and it was part of why I love baseball, and go there and I'm showing her the history of baseball, and then I get to the '90s and 2000s, and I'm like, oh yeah, the the best player I ever saw played then, but he's not here. How stupid is that? It's a museum that is that is supposed to tell the history of the sport. And all the John Feinsteins of the world with the, the character claws. Really? Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame yet again. All right? Enough. This is – it's it's so stupid, Jack. hmm I,
0: I, <laughs> Now I want to ask you a question. Yes. Roy, all right. Well, you just talked about Clemens as one of the three best pitchers you've ever seen in your life. Yes, and that's so, just, you know. Okay, so where, where does Doc rank amongst the best pitchers you've physically seen?
1: Well, Pedro Martinez in his – Prime was the best pitcher I've ever yes. seen in my life. I have no problem saying that. After that, it's it's really interesting. I think Clemens is in that next group. I think Clayton Kershaw's in that next group. Randy Johnson and Randy Johnson's in that next group. And then I think that that Doc is right there. After those guys are right with those guys in that general group.
0: Yeah, so I think I think Pedro's the best. I would say I would say Clemens because he was my guy before Halliday, Clemens was my guy,
1: and I, and I would put Clemens too too when you because again that gets to my point where. Yeah, yeah. at some point, you do have to take in the whole mass of all they did. And, I mean, Clemens won the Cy Young five times, six times. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so, it's crazy. Randy, I would say, then Halliday. And then Kershaw. I would say Johan, Kershaw. No, you Kershaw, Johan. You can't
1: put Kershaw out of Johan. I mean, you can't put Johan out of Kershaw. But I know what you're saying. I think Johan is one of those guys who— I don't think people remember how dominant he was for that five, six-year stretch, whatever it was, yeah. how great he was. Uh-huh. Uh, I Again, why I don't think he's all famer, he just didn't do it long enough for me. Right. But he's up there. When Johan was at his best those few years, he was pretty great. I think that's the top six.
0: And then Cliff Lee, CC.
1: I'm uh, sure there are guys DeGrom. we're forgetting. The
0: Grom season last year is ridiculous.
1: One of the best seasons
0: we've seen. If we're talking peaks, 2015 Arrieta
1: yeah i mean are you kidding best second half in the history of baseball yeah
0: so um listen i'm just happy Dachson. like i i'm i don't i think he's a hall of famer watching him on a night-in-night-out basis the way he carried himself how hard he worked um how much of a model citizen he was in the game very very happy he's in um i'm glad i i'm, I'm glad he's the first ballot hall of famer he's i am a hall too. Of famer regardless
1: and I, and I and that's another thing i hate and i understand it's the way it works but like What's different from the first? I also Johnson don't care what,
0: what cap he goes in. I know Brandy came out yesterday and said that he's, they're not wearing. a cap. Yeah,
1: I can we talk about this for a second? Because this was actually a thing. I can't believe people care about this. Like who, his family said, he wants to wear a Major League Baseball cap. Guess what? Awesome. Yeah. Go with what his family. And on top of that, and I know there are people within the city and all that. Like, like, look, Major League Baseball usually chooses for themselves, as you know. We discussed last time because Wade Boggs took a bunch of money from the Rays to go in a raise hat. When <laughs> yeah. it's absurdity. Legend. I love you, Wade. But, having said that, um, I think that if Major League Baseball had had to choose, if it had not, and I think that, that they're doing the right thing to honor his family's wishes, I think that is what they should do, period. But, let's be real. If Major League Baseball were choosing, he'd be in a Blue Jays cap.
0: Yeah. And he said he wanted to go in a Blue Jay. So
1: He should go in as a Blue Jay. Look, I loved having him here, and I know he only played in the playoffs here and all that, but, like, he spent his career as a Blue Jay. He spent 15 years in that organization, like... I know we love Philadelphia and all that, but, like, come on, guys. Let's get over ourselves here for a second. He should go in as a Blue Jay, and I'm happy he's going in the way he wants and his family wants and whatever. And they said it's to honor both cities, which actually is a really nice thing. They're saying we don't want to choose because we love both. But, I mean, he, he's a Blue Jay. Yeah. So. That's fine. I think we can get over that. All right. Final thing. Jack Fritz, Yeah. The, the deacon. The dean of Philadelphia Philly Sports Media. The man that Jack Fritz and I can only hope to be someday. Jim Salisbury. Yeah, the I best got, of the best. You and Jim had a little, uh, little thing. No, I got. I, got, I don't think, here's the thing. I don't think Jim knew yet thing, but you knew. I got
0: out alphed You by Jim. got out I got out alphed I got out alphed by Jim Salisbury. Got him. Um, I uh, so last uh, little little context. So last week was the Phillies prospects uh, caravan or whatever. Yes. So like,
1: did you tell Mickey Moniak you loved him by the way, or did you not? So <laughs> this this is
0: part of being out alphed by Jim Salisbury. Oh, um, is that so? So, all the prospects, not all the prospects, uh, Moniac was in, uh, Adonis Medina was in, Kyle Doe was in, um, not Adam Hazley, which I was a little disappointed in. It was supposed to be, yeah, didn't he was not the there. So, um,
1: heard you were coming, he was a little worried you might, you know, be all up on him a little too much. Yeah, I was, was gonna like, roast
0: his leg kick and say, <laughs> figure it out, buddy. That's not how you hit. Um, if you, if you want to reach your peak here, also have a bigger load. Um, get working with Jason O'Chart immediately. Um, so, 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 first off, you know, Jim. We were walking around, walking the clubhouse. I so there's a stigma of radio people with the beat writers, where like, don't ask any questions because you're idiots and you're not around here mm-hmm. very often. And I was trying to be like, I'm not an idiot. Do you know who I am? <laughs> um, have you heard of my podcast? It's called High Hopes. Uh, and if you ever write a Pavetta piece,
1: oh, do you know who I am? So like Jack just, Fritz, baby. So
0: I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be embarrassing to, to the radio station, so I kind of didn't really ask any questions. Anyway, so so we're in the the Moniac Scrum, and I'm trying not to get to, to get too close because I don't want Moniac to be a little freaked out at how much I love him. Yeah, and you I could feel it radiating. I'm I sure. did change my Twitter bio to Life, Liberty, and Mickey Moniac Second Half Split, <laughs> um, and I was so close to asking him if I should make that my bio, but I did it anyway. <laughs> you just went out
1: anyway. That's so, because he probably would have said no. So probably good to So
0: we're in the Scrum. And like I'm waiting to ask my question. I just wanted to ask if he's talked to Jason O'Chart yet, because I don't really have anything else. I let everyone else handle the. Yeah, uh, you just
1: you just want to know. Listen, we love Jason O'Chart. Jason O'Chart, one of the uh, the our our favorites.
0: Yes, and I just I wanted to let everyone else get their fluff pieces in because I was going to ask. You need a
1: serious question that matters. Like that's what matters.
0: So Salisbury, first off, we're in the scrum, and Salisbury gets in like nine questions in a row. And I'm just like, he's allowed to. He's the king. I'm like, I'm like, is anyone else gonna break in? Cause no, cause Jim Salisbury, the, everyone, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Guy's a hawk. He's an alpha. The guy's a hawk. He's an alpha. And I gotta say, he kept the microphone up to Mickey Moniac the whole time. My arm was getting tired. I didn't want to hold it up much longer. Yeah. I had to switch arms and then go back to my right arm. Yeah. No. And my right arm was not for Jim. If my right arm was sore the next day, Salisbury's got it right up to next to him. So this is my first time really in the media setting. And I just want to say that for everyone that thinks Jim Salisbury is like this nice little guy, guy's an alpha male, guy's a hawk, and I got al- alpha by
1: Jim Salisbury. You got alpha by Jim Salisbury? I know. This is amazing. The, I know. It and made I, my day when you the me. I, like, I was like, this guy is just... It's just. So the big takeaway is Jim Salisbury is a badass. Yeah. Don't mess with the man. Yeah.
0: I was like, man, I
1: did not expect this from J.
0: He had like nine questions in a row to Mickey, and then at the end, when everyone when when everyone was like starting to disperse, I was like, hey Mickey, <laughs> hey Mick, no. what was the answer? I said, hey Mickey, have you talked to Jason O'Tray Yeah, yet? what did he say? And he gave me this like, basically, I don't really know who that is. Nice, which I don't think's a great sign. No, um, Mickey, I I'm su- sure you will. I suggest you you get on it. Um, um, but yeah, he was talking about how like. You know, he started lifting the ball more, and his friends came down and made him feel more comfortable, and how, like, McCutcheon was at, like, uh, was hung out with the U.S. team at the World Series in 2015. Like that. And now they're playing together, and he's excited to get to big league camp. Um, Life, Liberty, and Mickey Moniac second half splits. Also, I talked to Kyle Dowie. No one else talked to Kyle Dowie? I don't think anyone else really knew who he was. Actually, that's not true. Matt Breen talked to Kyle Dowie. Okay. And I went over after Matt Breen, and he's jacked. Like, like like legitimately jacked. And I walked up to him and I said, Matt Breen is
1: jacked, huh? No, not Matt Breen. I know. And I I I walked up
0: to Kyle Dowie and I said, is it fair that some people in the media, a.k.a. me, have labeled you as Josh Hader 2.0 and he did not confirm that he is Josh
1: Hader 2.0? But he did say he took it as a
0: compliment. So, he
1: should. I mean, as long as we are talking about Josh Hader, the pitcher, not the right. person. We're not talking about yes. the Twitter
0: accounts. I'm just talking about <laughs> Kyle De- or, uh, Josh Hader, the pitcher, who is <laughs> disgusting. Oh, so good. Uh, so we're hoping that Kyle Dowie can become that. Um, other than that, uh, I... It was I was weirdly impressed by ha- how much in similar size I was to these guys.
1: Ooh, it did it, it lit the fire, didn't it?
0: I was just saying lit the
1: fire, didn't it?
0: I wanted to whisper in their ears could have been me. Um <laughs> so
1: that would have been so creepy. Oh, I wish you had done that. Yeah.
0: I'm like, the, like same size, what is right I'm in the same size happening right. I'm the same size as Donnas Mandina. And like that's another thing. It's like I didn't want to ask so Adonis Medina had the had the translator with him. Uh-huh. And I want to ask, like, hey, I think you get better at finishing. Like, are you working on anything like that? Because then it just would have been, like,
1: a, a really tough – Like,
0: I want to ask Translation.
1: Him, yeah, It would have so, been awkward. Oh, finishing what? What are you talking about? Like,
0: when I watch him, he doesn't – Like, Adonis Medina's ceiling, I think it may be higher than Sixto's. Whoa! Sixto,
1: by the way, the number 13 prospect in the top 100 in baseball America. Just saying.
0: I just I, – I have visions of Sixto all the time. Anyway – Adonis Medina. I'm just saying that if he if he really if he really worked on finishing down and getting down the mound, I think he can throw even harder. Wow, like, he kind of already
1: high nineties. <laughs> I know he, he
0: like cuts himself off. I don't know. It's mainly because he's super athletic and he has to learn how to pitch a little bit more. Um, but Medina's really really good, and I would he's another guy. Like I'm not sure I want to move him. Like, I, I kind of want to keep everyone.
1: Ooh. Keep them all, now baby. That, now that they're
0: all my children, I wanted them to all stay around forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got out alpha by Jim Salisbury. What a great, thing. He great runs that thing. place. Shout and out I to learned Jim. That, I learned that
1: very quickly. Jim, if you ever want to come on the High Ops podcast and then out alpha him again on his own show, we'll take you.
0: I don't think I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So uh, we'll say it as we always do. Hopefully, we'll have an emergency pod coming. Well, all right. I got two more things. Ooh, I, I was going to final thought things or, or in, in addition to your final thoughts?
0: I got one take and then I'll save the other one for final thoughts. Lay it on me. If the Phillies are serious about getting Mike Trout, they need to develop their guys better. Like, you cannot have, you, you can't be spending money on Andrew McCutcheon and then expect to add in the Mike Trout. So you need Ammoniac to fill left field. You need Bone to be third base. You need Luis Garcia to be shortstop. In order for them to really be a serious contender in, in the Mike Trout sweepstakes, they can't keep giving money to aging veterans because their prospects aren't along yet. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that, like, the addition of Jason O'Chart, the other driveline guys, their investment in um, developing their minor leaguers as much as possible, I think is crucial when you were evaluating the, the the payroll for a potential Mike Trout addition, because mm-hmm. you're gonna have Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, probably Bryce, for like thirty two to thirty five million dollars a year. Like I think, if I had, if I had to guess right now, Harper signs here for eight two eighty. Like, I think that's what he's going to do. See,
1: gonna- I think he's going to cross the 300 threshold. Even if it's deferred money and stuff, I think they want that number out there.
0: Okay, so how about this? We'll, we'll, we'll come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. So, 8-280 is going to be the guaranteed. It's and then there's the,
1: the extra years or whatever. Which gets him over 330. Yeah, th- that's what I mean. It'll be something like that. I think, I think you're right. I think the heart of the contract could be something like that, whereas... The sticker price will be over
0: there, right? The AAV is the only thing that matters. Absolutely, thirty-five million puts them ahead of Grant. And e. opt-outs
1: and all that stuff matter in context, but right. Yes.
0: So you're gonna. So if, I'm, if we're projecting the offseason during that time, you're gonna have the Harper contract, a Hoskins contract, a Nola contract. That's three pretty big money guys. You can't be dishing out fifty million dollars to Andrew McCutcheon. You can't be trying. To, oh, I agree. You can't be trying to fill in holes because you're gonna have to lay out forty million for Mike Trout. So the the development of the young guys is just as important in landing trout as clearing the bankroll.
1: I like that. I think it's a good take. All right, final thoughts, Fritzy.
0: Final thoughts is that Oduba Herrera has been working out with Miggy every single day of the soft season. Only guy down there. He is the, Herrera, he the first, first guy down First down there. guy in camp. He ended last season at 232. That's how much he weighed, not as bad on the average, even though it, it almost got there. Close. <laughs> yeah. um, um, he was weighing 232 pounds at the end of last year. He is down to 212, which is strong. I'm here for it. He he was there every day at 7.30, and they were worried that he wasn't going to be there because he's been a bit aloof in the past. There at 7.30, he was working out with Mickey. He's down 20 pounds. Odubo Herrera is going to finish top 10 in MVP this year. Whoa! What? I love it. He's going to finish top 10 in MVP. He Hashtag
1: is- ProDubo, baby.
0: He is Too talented not to, and now that (laughs) he's—he's going to put it all together. He and twenty-seven is when a player reaches his peak. True, very
1: true. I think that's the thing with Odubel that we don't talk about enough is—is that he's only twenty-seven. It feels like because he's been here for so long, he's been like the best player on the team for a couple years, all that stuff. Young, still young guy. And here's the other thing: Odubel
0: Herrera was never—he never played above double A. Like so, he just—he never that's had a great
1: the, point. He was a rule five guy. That's a great point. He never had the development. It's a really—you know what? That's something that is not talked about ever. And the no one fact talks they about didn't have that type of development. And no one talks
0: about how he was a second baseman playing center. Well, field. he was a
1: second baseman, yeah. And everyone's Absolutely. like, "Well, why aren't you a
0: why aren't you a gold glover out yeah, there yet?" Because I
1: was a second baseman my whole life. <laughs> so I just learned this.
0: Right, Adubel. I think he is completely locked in, completely focused. If you get hundred and sixty-two games, I, I'll say a hundred 45 games of locked in Odubo Herrera. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, that's 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 the difference between first place and a wild card, potentially, or that type of thing. I mean, it could be massive difference.
0: So the official Jack Fritz uh, uh, prediction, Odubo Herrera. Top 10, MVP voting, and he's an all-star once again.
1: That's a, a bold prediction. Okay. I like it. Uh, my final thought, rate and review the podcast. Do it for Jack. It makes him so happy. And also- a good
0: week of reviews. Ooh, really? Yeah, we got like three more. You got to send me some 1:30. of these so I can check them out. Yeah, listen. They, listen Give help us reviews. Us, it help helps us. Help us grow the podcast. Yes. We want to be the official podcast of the Phillies. All that fun stuff. Help us grow it. We really appreciate
1: it. Um, and you guys we, are the best, so you can help us. We lo- Again- we love the High Hopes listeners so much. I'm getting there. I know what you're talking about. Maybe something coming, right? Little, little we will t-shirts. We're getting t-shirts. That was so, my other final thought.
0: Uh, the first thing, if I see a High Hopes listener at Citizens Bank Park with a High Hopes t-shirt, I will come up to you with tears in my eyes, say I love you, and I cannot wait for it.
1: And then I'll buy you a beer. Yes. Or, yes. what, or drink a choice, or food a choice, whatever. Yes. I I'll buy wait. you whatever you want.
0: If I see a human being other than me and yes. you, and people related to us, yes, wearing a high hope shirt, you will never see a happier person.
1: No, and and you person wearing the high hope shirt will instantly become my new favorite person. Yes. which is you know, if you care about us, that's a nice thing, right? right? Of we course. love you. So, of
0: so um, look out for the shirts. We'll we'll put out a link once they're all here. Might be, I think they ordered them yesterday, so they should be here soon. So
1: cannot forward. wait. And again, rate and review the podcast. And We will either be talking to you one week from now or, preferably, an emergency pod. Maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday. Or maybe after the Super Bowl. Either way, can't wait to talk to you guys.